0: Welcome back, everybody, to the Phantom Book Sports Podcast. This is week one, episode two, Friday, February 5th, 2021. And uh, today, it is just me, Oliver, and Dev.
1: What's up? What's up? Happy Super Bowl Friday.
0: Super Bowl Friday. Super Bowl is in two days. Who, who would have thought we would be here right now, especially with... Um, the way the NFL looked at the beginning of the year with COVID and all that, I mean, it, it's insane to think we're we're here this far.
1: Yeah, I can't believe we got through the season. It's, it's insane, like so many postponements, but somehow we're here in February.
0: Obviously, COVID was a big hit, not just in the NFL world, but in the entire world. And, uh, it's great to see that we got something positive happening this weekend with the Super Bowl, like we said, you know of the league and honestly this is probably one of the best quarterback matchup super bowls in recent history back as i can think you got who's almost undisputedly the goat in tom brady and you got who is probably next in line for that title in Mahomes. i mean there's uh this is like lebron and jordan
1: yeah this is going to be a great qb matchup
0: obviously has a better defense, but the Chiefs are a, a solid defense nonetheless. You know, they, the guys on there, Tyron Matthew, they got Lajarius Sneed. I know you mentioned him last time. But also, Sorensen, who is obviously the captain in the defense linebacker. So it's, it's going to be a good matchup. And um, the Chiefs have opened as three-point favorites to win. What's going to happen there? Do you think the Chiefs are going to cover the spread, or is Tampa Bay going to spread over and cut their side of the deal?
1: Personally, I think Tampa's going to cut their side of the deal. Um, Yeah.
0: Do you think it's going to be a close game? Yes, sir. Even if it is a close game, over-under is 55.5 at the moment. And, you know, uh, in, I believe, whatever week it was, when the Chiefs and Bucks faced off, it was 27-24. And that if you took that score, not cover the over, that'd be in the under. Do you think we're going to see a high scoring game or do you think we're going to see something similar to what happened in the regular season matchup?
1: Uh, we're likely going to see something in the regular season matchup. I think it's going to be definitely under 55.5. Um, don't take it the wrong way. Both have great offenses, but... Um, you know it, it's the super bowl i think defenses are going to show up to play it's going to be a hard fought game so i i'd say under 55.5
0: Actually, 5. in the in the last few years defenses have seemed to crack down the super bowl i mean we know go the rams and patriots that game was filled the, the rams
1: extremely extremely low scoring
0: Rams only got like three points. Patriots didn't even score a touchdown until like the last five minutes. So that was definitely, um, definitely a defensive filled game. And even even last year, it was only a 31 to 20, I believe. I could be wrong, but 31 to 20 was the score. And the Chiefs had 10 points going into the last 10 minutes. So defense has definitely held its end of the bargain in recent years. And if you're a defensive minded person, in football and you're a fan of the defensive side this is great for you this trend is going towards your side but if you want flashy offense in in these games this could be the year that who knows it it could break through again and you could see a really high scoring Super Bowl
1: yeah who knows
0: so now I want to uh, make our bold prediction for the Super Bowl so I'll let you go first so Give uh, give us one bold prediction you got for the Super Bowl. This could be quickly anything you kind of think of for a player statistic.
1: Well, um, this is going to be kind of bold, but uh, let's not forget Le- Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. They're played in the Super Bowl, except they're not on the Steelers. I say Le'Veon Bell is going to have 100 yards rushing. And Antonio Brown is also going to have 100 yards receiving. Wow. I think they're going to go off.
0: That's that the definition of the bold right there.
1: Yep, and I'm not backing down.
0: Wow. How much money that would win you betting, but that, that would surely win you a lot. That's for sure. My bold prediction is I'm going to say the Buccaneers defense is going to combine eight sacks. I think that's a bold prediction. I think JPP and the uh, Vita Vella will definitely combine for the greater half of that. Eight total sacks. I'm gonna boost it up i and make it even higher. I'm we'll boost it at ten. What? They're gonna have ten a lot sacks. of sacks.
1: Yep. You're saying Mahomes is gonna go down ten times? What?
0: Then again, that's if he stays in the pocket. So
1: Yeah, let's not forget that toe injury he has. And also the offensive line issues.
0: Eight to ten sacks. You know, let, let's make it that eight to 10 sacks where his defense goes. I think JPP, the bigger edge of that, should Barry can definitely sneak in there and get a few. Yeah, in that discussion, that Chief's offensive line, like we measured last time, is not looking the greatest right now since they got most of them guys out on that offensive line. Too good for them. So I think this Buccaneers defense is definitely going to get a lot of pressure on Mahomes, get inside there. I guess we'll see. So let's move on now to some regular stat predictions. So we're gonna do four of the top players in this game. That is Mahomes, Brady, Tyreek Hill, Nick Evans. Just gonna predict their stats for this game. Let's go first, I'll take Mahomes. I think Mahomes is going to throw for about 250 yards. He's probably going to get two touchdowns. I think he'll get one interception. Even though, like I said, the ball prediction was eight sacks for the Buccaneers, I don't think he's going to fumble the ball at all. I think he's going to be able to hold on all those times. Um, see about 250, two touchdowns and an interception for Mahomes. That's what I see. What you what are you going to say about Brady? What, what do you think his stat like is going to
1: um, I'm gonna say 270 yards. Uh, I think two passing touchdowns and one interception. I'm gonna say one interception because he's had two interceptions against the Rams, and then coming off the Packers, I believe he had three interceptions in the second half. So mm-hmm. I think he's he's gonna throw a pick this game most likely.
0: I definitely see that. Um, also, what do you what do you? Okay, so now moving on to the receiver side of the ball. Tyreek Hill. Obviously, we know the last time he went against the Buccaneers, it seemed like he was going to catch a thousand yards. He finished with over two hundred. If anything, if he keeps that up, it's going to be a big night for Tyreek Hill. What do you, what do you guys say about his stats?
1: Well, let, let's not let's not mistake this. Um, Tyreek Hill is a stud, but um, I don't think he's going to get two hundred yards this time. Now, there's no way. Uh, this is going to be the Super Bowl. Defense is going to come to play. So um, I'm I'm gonna have to say I'm gonna have to say 135 yards because he's still gonna have a good game. But uh, the the Bucks they that's still a lot. I know, but the Bucks they have not allowed that many big plays uh, on the def- on defense. They're good with covering big plays. I think
0: Carlton Davis is gonna lock him up.
1: I wouldn't say lock up. I'm, I am think he's still going to get his numbers, but he's not going to go insane like 200 yards in the first quarter.
0: It'll be a lot compared to last time, that's for sure.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. But, yeah, I'm going to have to say 135 yards. He's going to come to play, but he's not going to go video game mode.
0: This guy on here, Mike Evans. Um, obviously, we know he hasn't had the greatest season we've ever seen from him. Obviously, it's still insane. You know, he, he got over 1,000 yards. Brady and him didn't seem to have a chemistry going until really later in the year he, at, at least though he gets red zone targets so I think that line is probably going to be something around 90 yards he's probably going to have like six catches and I think he'll probably have Brady's two touchdowns if, as long as those touchdowns are in the red zone so my total stat line prediction is nine yards six catches and two touchdowns so, move on now. So, before we make our final score predictions, let's give our our suggestions of what we think the Chiefs and Bucks both, respectively, can do to win this game. We've talked about some stuff in the last episode about Bucks can win this game, even in our bold predictions, how the Bucs can win this game. We haven't really talked about the Chiefs, how they can win this game. So, Dev, what do you think is the thing the Chiefs have to do to really propel themselves into a win here?
1: Um, I think Tyree Kill, um, like I said, I don't think he's going to go video game mode, but I think he needs to assert dominance. The Chiefs, they have to go on the first drive and score a touchdown right away. They got to get that defense right up on their feet. You got to get them scared. And then as soon, as soon as the defense is scared, I think once Brady gets the ball, he's going to get scared too. So the Chiefs, they just have to come out strong and just scare them. Just let them know they're not not—they're not going to lose just one.
0: I think Brady's going to be scared, huh?
1: Yeah, he's going to be on his feet. He's going to have to score back if it's 7-0, considering that Brady has never led a touchdown drive in the first quarter of a Super Bowl.
0: It's true. He's only scored three points in the first quarter in Super Bowl. And as far as I can remember, I think that was on – either Venetery or Goskowski field goal. I'm not sure who exactly, but it was a field
1: goal. Yeah, so Chiefs they got a score on their first drive.
0: Uh, that's a good that's a good suggestion there. I would say for the Chiefs, their thing would have to be just quick passes. That Buccaneers defense, they're going to be bringing pressure. The prediction is eight sacks and, you know, if Mahomes is holding the ball for a long amount of time, they're going to get to him. I think the best thing for the Chiefs is just going to be quick throws, whether it's on slant or did last time in Tampa with um, Tyreek just basically going a streak route there and just, you know, beat everybody down the field. But it's got to be quick passes because if Mahomes is holding the ball for that long and he has to run around and all that kind of stuff, I I don't know um, if that's going to hold the entire game. Well, so now let's move on to the Bucks. Yeah. So now let's move on to the Bucks. Obviously, we've talked about defense. I know you said that um, you have to score on the opening drive. Yeah. And the Bucks. Would your suggestion be they got to answer right away, or, or are you thinking something else?
1: Um, I had to say establish the run game. Uh, you got Ronald Jones and Leonard Burnett. Uh, establish the run game too while you pass and Shady McCloy. Yeah. Yeah, you got to establish a run. Take some heat off Tom Brady and um, uh, Evans and Godwin and all that. Uh, run game got to do their job, too.
0: Well, Pierre got the nickname now, Playoff Plenty. So that definitely helps his case there.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm going to give them suggestion on offense because, and I've said this a million times already, we have talked about their defense. We know what their defense has to do in order to win this game. Offense, the run game is definitely good for them. But I think running back screens... Are really going to carry this game for them. We know, I know, we've seen it a lot with Leonard Fournette in these past few playoff games. A few times he's dropped the ball, but I think the HB screen pass is really going to be their best play. And I think if they run that, a, a good portion of the plays is that screen pass. They have a decent chance because they seem to get a lot of yardage on those passes when Fournette actually catches the ball. If they if they do that, that'll definitely that'll definitely help them.
1: Yeah, also getting in the red zone, considering the Chiefs have the word the worst uh, red zone defense. So, yeah.
0: That, that would definitely help them too. And usually, uh, maybe it's just me. It's the actual stat. me, it feels like anytime time the Buccaneers are in the red zone, especially this playoffs, to score, every time they're in the red zone, they just seem to get a touchdown. It just feels like that, you know? It feels like they get a touchdown every time.
1: Yeah, it's, it's almost automatic.
0: So that'll definitely—that's definitely another good suggestion for that. Now, uh, ending our Super Bowl here, we move on to regular NFL news. Give me your final score prediction for the game.
1: Well, I don't think people are gonna like my prediction here, but I got the Bucks winning twenty-seven to twenty-three in a respectable Super Bowl game.
0: It's gonna come down to the last drive.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's gonna be a hard-fought game, and it's gonna come down to the last drive. But Tom Brady is gonna come out on top.
0: Really good prediction right there, for sure. I, on the other hand, I got, I got the same score margin, but I got the Chiefs in this one. I got them 28-24. to 24. The Chiefs, they're going to get out to a 28... What is that? Um, a 21 lead, maybe, within the last few minutes. The Bucks are probably going to kick a field goal late, trying to do an onside kick. The Chiefs would stop them on fourth down there. So, you know, I think reasonable uh, bet... Also, going back to our spread conversation, I think the Chiefs end in the cover and spread, even though we've seen this year that really unlikely for them to. But, hey, the Chiefs, they turn it on when they need to turn it on. And I think being that this is obviously the Super Bowl, the most important game of the year, they're going to turn it on, and we have it
1: on all game. I guess we'll see you on Sunday.
0: So, so now we can uh, move on into fell news nfl rumors nfl media whatever you want to call it so we're going to start this off now. a little earlier today i, I think it was also out yesterday as well so the eagles reportedly received many calls about carson wentz obviously carson wentz uh does not seem to like philly anymore he from what it looks like he wants out it looks like they still want him there but he does not want to be there but multiple teams have contacted the Eagles about Wentz, and um, apparently talks have been getting a little aggressive, and we could see a deal in the next few days. But um, what's what's gonna happen here? I mean, the the Eagles are they gonna move on from Wentz quickly, or?
1: Well, I think it's clear that um, Wentz he doesn't want to get benched. Doug Peterson is gone. Uh, if you haven't seen Jalen Hurts, actually surprised the kid with for a 30k home. Um, so it, it's clear that Jalen Ro- Jalen Hurts has taken the role, uh, took in the main role as the Eagles' quarterback. So, and Wentz clearly shows that he doesn't want to be benched. So, I I think he's done with Philly, to be honest.
0: Yeah, I mean Jalen Hurts. I think he is. He's definitely earned my respect, as in being a starting quarterback. Um, I always I was. I remember during the draft, I was really surprised that they these took him. these games that he started, he he really showed a lot. And honestly, I think he'll be really good in the future. But with Wentz, I don't know. I see him being traded with within next week, honestly.
1: Yeah, I, I can see that too. I mean, like I said, Doug Peterson is gone too, so I don't think Eagles have any interest with Wentz. Uh, I think the pan, I think the Panthers might uh take a um, more the Bears. Do you think the Panthers
0: should make a move for him?
1: Yeah, because uh it was reported that the Panthers were interested in Stafford. Um so I I can see the Panthers yeah.
0: they reportedly offered the eighth pick, I believe, and a later first a uh, later first, a later draft pick for him.
1: hmm Something interesting would be if he went to Washington. If you remember Deshaun Jackson was on the Eagles and then he went to Washington. That would be kinda of cool, the division stay in the division went to Washington. Yeah.
0: That 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 could be interesting. I doubt the Eagles would trade him there, but if he were to somehow get there, that would, that would be really interesting, especially having to face Philly two times a year.
1: Yeah, that's what Deshaun did. Deshaun went over to Washington after Philly.
0: Yeah, but I think Deshaun was a free agent, was
1: he? Oh yeah, I think he was. I, I could be wrong. But still, that would be pretty interesting.
0: Yeah, that that be that would definitely be a big time headline seeing Wentz go to literally a place that is not, basically an hour away from from where he is now.
1: Yep, right down
0: 95. Yep. All right, speaking of NFC East, we're going to keep it in the NFC East for this next little segment here. Jason Garrett is reportedly been, I guess, not announced, but... He's going to come back to the Giants as the offensive coordinator. Now, obviously, we know the Giants had a great defense this year. But um, the offense was just nowhere near. If that offense was better, the Giants would probably be in the playoffs. Would they have beat Tom Brady in the first round? I have no idea. Maybe Brady just gets cold feet whenever he faces the Giants. But then again, they don't got Eli this time. (laughs) They don't got Eli to face Brady this time. But nonetheless, Jason Garrett reportedly coming back after he was in in some rumors about possibly taking a head coaching job with the Chargers. But um, New York, they were 29th in passing yards per game. They were 19th in rushing yards per game, which is kind of surprising when they lost Saquon early in the season, even though Wayne Gallman really improved this year, came out to be great. Uh, Don Freeman had a good stretch there until he got COVID and then eventually got released. But um, in total offense, they are second to last, only only in front of the Jets. I mean, I know we're both Giants fans. I know you thought, and I thought when J.C. Gary came over here, that we could see something like what we saw in Dallas with Dak and Zeke. But it, <laughs> it's been nowhere near that. It's actually been quite the opposite. So. Is this really the best move for Big Blue and the Giants?
1: Well, I'm going to give Jason Garrett a chance considering we didn't have Saquon. Uh, next year, we can build on our offensive line. Daniel Jones went down with a hamstring injury. I'm going to cut him some slack, but next year, I'm definitely keeping my eye on him because uh, if oh, yeah. we ne- get all our pieces together. Next year,
0: if, if Danny Dimes doesn't do well, then it's kind of over him in New York, yeah. especially with the New York media.
1: So I'm willing to give him a chance but I, I really got him I, I really got my eye on him next year though. <laughs>
0: but also if the Giants can sign a playmaker, like I know uh Hassan predicted last time with Kenny Galladay possibly going to the Giants. If if they just I know Slayton, he's obviously a huge playmaker. I love watching him. But if they can get another receiver to add to that duo of Shepherd at Slayton. And with Ingram at tight end, even though he's nowhere near a pro bowler. But um, if they, if they can add a guy like Galladay or even just say somebody like Juju. Mm-hmm. Juju Smith-Schuster, you know? If they add somebody who can be a playmaker on the offensive side of the ball during passing plays, this passing game could really improve. I don't know if they really improve in their total offense, but... um, if, if the Giants get a playmaker on offense, they could definitely... Uh, I think they could make a playoff push with the way the NFC East is. So we'll we'll have to see about that.
1: Yeah, we'll have to see. But definitely next year, I'm not expecting thirty-first total offense. I'm not expecting twenty-ninth in passing. So yeah.
0: Yeah. Especially with Saquon coming back, that'll 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 definitely boost the uh, Giants. mm mm-hmm. So so now, we seem to be on a on a route here. So. We started with the Eagles, then we moved to the Giants. Now we're moving to the other New York team, the Jets, with Deshaun Watson. Now reports came out that reports came out earlier a few weeks ago that the Jets were listed as Deshaun Watson's top location for a potential trade. That that really came out, I think, after Robert Sala was hired as the head coach there. But um, apparently, that is not the case. The Jets are high on his list for potential destinations, but they are not the top destination. I mean, who, who wants to go to the Jets, man? I mean, come on. Who wants to go there?
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't blame him.
0: I think Salah was definitely the right move for head coach, but who, who wants to go there, man?
1: Come on. Yeah.
0: So, anyway, now we move on to the NFC West. Obviously, the NFC West had a big move last week in acquiring Matthew Stafford. The Rams did. And um, it really shook up the standings because, you know, the Rams obviously were 6th seed. They came in 2nd division. They almost won the division had they not lost that last game to Seattle. But the NFC West is really, it, it looks like this could be the best division in football. It probably already is against the AFC East, but um, I don't know. I don't think it's ever happened where all four teams from a division have made the playoffs. But this looks like maybe the year. This this could honestly happen.
1: Yeah, I agree. But um, if that wor- uh I think for next year though, I think Rams are gonna definitely come out of the division. And generally speaking, I think they should be up there in Super Bowl favorites.
0: I mean they, they made it far enough with Goff and uh and Wolford and those guys are not as good as Stafford, obviously. No disrespect to them, but Stafford is much better. Um he might not have the playoff I guess, called record. Playoff record that Goff has, especially since Goff went to a Super Bowl. But um yeah, Stafford I think Anybody would take Stafford over golf any day?
1: Yeah. And uh, let's just consider this. So the Rams and the Bucks played this season. Uh, the Rams won 27 24. Uh, Evans was held to 49 yards. Brown was held to 57 yards. Godwin was held to 53 yards. And so just imagine. Oh, yeah.
0: And they got the number one defense already.
1: Yeah. They got the number one defense. They literally locked Evans, Brown, and Godwin up uh, against the Bucks. So. Imagine now what they can do with Stafford now that he has Robert Woods, now that he has Cooper Cup, I'm I'm telling you, man, these guys should be Super Bowl favorites.
0: Now that he actually has more than one good receiver.
1: Yeah, and no more Matt Patricia.
0: Oh, yeah. No more Matt Patricia. Uh, we know the case there. He did not want to go back to New England just because Patricia was there, it seems like. Now, we don't know if that's obviously word for word, but it seems like that was the case there. So now we move to one of the other teams in NFC West. We know, obviously, in the Phantom Book community, this team is beloved. Um, the Cardinals. Now, we know... I know last year, for this season, I, I really, honestly, um, I made the prediction that they would make the playoffs. Uh, obviously, that didn't happen. But what do you think the Cardinals need to do to break through and make the playoffs? They already got a loaded offense. Cliff Kingsbury, he's definitely a. He seems to be an offensive guy. I'm not. I'm not so in depth with the Cardinals, but he seems to be that kind of guy. What do they need to do to make it through and get to the playoffs?
1: Um, I think they just really got to snag a good defensive player, and uh, their offense, like you said, is really good. But um, if you look at their record, it's very. I'm pretty sure it was nine and seven or eight and eight. Like. They're very 50-50, but with a good defense, I think they'll be solid. They'll start getting into that 12-4 range, 11-5 range, 10-6 range. So, yeah. Uh,
0: and, and also, if Larry Fitz decides to retire this offseason, they would probably have to bring in another receiver as well. I don't know who they'd go for, but they definitely would have to bring in somebody to replace Larry Fitz. Obviously, you can't replace Larry Fitz, I'm not saying that, but just to replace his spot on the team for the next season.
1: Yeah, but uh, Cardinals, if they get a good defensive player, it's going to be interesting.
0: For sure. And also, and they lost uh, Chandler Jones early in the year, and that definitely didn't help them at all. If they get Chandler Jones back, and obviously, like you said, add another defensive piece, I think... We could be seeing this team in January next year, and um, it'd be really nice to watch because they got a good offense, like we said. And then, um, so the Seahawks now. The Seahawks they got off to a hot start. Russ looked like the MVP, and um, from there on, <laughs> everything just just went downhill for them. It seems like Russ cooled down quickly. DK. Had some good games down the stretch, but nothing compared to the beginning of the year. And that defense obviously was not good. It 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 got into a little groove near the end of the year, but it, it could not click for some reason. But do you think Seahawks are going to uh, take back the division next year, looking for revenge against the Rams, or it's gonna happen there?
1: Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, because I'm sorry, but the Rams. Uh, with a good offense and a good defense. I, I just can't. Uh, same with last year with the 49ers, too. 49ers, they had a decent offense with George Kittle, uh, Coleman, and Moster. And then they had a good defense with Sherman in the back, too. So And we saw what happened. 49ers won the division. So I'm going to have to go with the Rams. Went to Super Bowl. Yeah, exactly. They went to the Super Bowl.
0: Had a lead until uh, that went away quickly.
1: Yeah, that went away Real quick.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, speaking of the 49ers, can they get back into playoff contention? Obviously, we know this year it was just full of injuries. Jimmy G missed most of the year. Kittle missed a lot of games with injuries. Like uh, I know you mentioned it last podcast. The running back seems to go down every single week. And also, they had you no know, Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa was out for the year after like their second game. I mean... It was just injury after injury for the 49ers last year, but if, if they're able to stay healthy next year, could we see them back in the playoffs?
1: Yeah, without question. I mean, these these are the same people that went to the Super Bowl, so I don't see why not. Uh, also, if I were the 49ers, I'd I just experiment throughout the league and just try to look for a better quarterback. No offense to Jimmy Garoppolo, but I think they could do much better uh, without Jimmy G and with a better quarterback.
0: Who, in your opinion, would they have to bring in?
1: You know, I'm not necessarily sure. Uh, they could try with Watson, but I'm sure you'd have to give a lot away. So.
0: They'd have to give a lot, that's, that's mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. I saw somebody say maybe they have to give Fred Warner. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think they'd be willing to do that at all.
1: Yeah, but if I were them, uh, if I were the 49ers front office, I'd be really thinking about, you know, scouting for a quarterback right now.
0: So, would you say Wentz could be a good option for them? I know we talked about him earlier, but do you think maybe Wentz could go there, be a good option for them?
1: Nah, I I wouldn't say Wentz.
0: All right, so now that we talked about a few quarterbacks, we are going to talk about one of the guys starting on Sunday, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Apparently the other day, I believe it was Wednesday, February 3rd. John Payton went on NFL Network on, I believe it was Good Morning Football. Uh, Yeah, Good Morning Football. He went on there and apparently got asked a question or something about Mahomes. And he had this to say, and I quote, I know I made the comment that Mahomes is the best quarterback, the best college quarterback I've ever evaluated, end quote. Apparently, he went on to say some stuff like they were apparently going to draft him at number 11. Obviously, we know the story there. The Chiefs jumped up to number 10 when nobody thought they were picking a quarterback because Alex Smith had an MVP type year. And it seemed like the, the Chiefs would be in contention with the Super Bowl for the next few years with Alex Smith. But how like it's crazy to think how much history could change if Patrick Mahomes had just been drafted at number 11 by the Saints to be Drew Brees backup for a year at least and what what would happen there what do you think would happen there with Brees and Mahomes being his backup
1: you know that's just a crazy what if considering how great Drew Brees is i think Mahomes as great as a player he is i think he would have learned even more from Drew Brees and when his time came to play on the Saints uh I, I can't even imagine how good that team would have been. Not that the Saints weren't a good team, but I, I just can't imagine how good that would be.
0: Yeah. I mean the next the next year they were in contention. They had I believe that was the year the Minneapolis miracle happened with Stephon Diggs. The
1: following year they got screwed over by the refs, so
0: the pass interference call that was no call. So Mahomes being the backup for Drew Brees, I mean, come on. The Saints would have been... That would have been an insane quarterback room. You would have definitely wanted to be in there. But, um, I don't know. Drew Brees, I think, had Patrick Mahomes kind of drafted there. Drew Brees probably would have been out. I don't know where he would have went. Maybe he would have retired a few years earlier. But he probably would have been out of New Orleans after Sean Payton saw what, ha- what Mah- he had Mahomes. You know, he could have pulled philip rivers before philip rivers and went to the colts for his last year but um i i don't know what would have happened to drew Brees had they picked mahomes
1: yeah and also consider um after Lattimore, uh deshaun watson got picked too so just imagine the other scenario where watson is the backup that would be insane Mm -hmm.
0: that also makes you think because if Deshaun champagne is thinking here up taking a quarterback in Mahomes at number eleven. Now we know, like you said, they ended up taking Marshawn Lattimore, who we're not saying is a bad pick. He is a good he's amazing defender, but you got you had two guys, the tenth pick in Mahomes, and then literally the pick after you was Deshaun Watson. I mean, it seems like you were just caught in the middle and you took the worst option out of those three. Again, that's not, not anything against Lattimore, but if he want, really wanted to take a quarterback, why didn't he just take Watson?
1: I guess we'll never know.
0: I guess so. I mean, that would have been... That still would have been a crazy quarterback room. Watson backing up Drew Brees. Probably the same thing would have happened. Drew Brees would have left a little earlier than he was supposed to. But, hey, we'll never know now. I mean, the Saints, maybe they can make a trade for Watson. They'd probably give up a lot for him. But... um. That's the only way we're gonna see Watson in a Saints jersey, and Mahomes. I definitely we're not seeing Mahomes in the Saints jersey anytime soon. Unless you want to look on Instagram and see a jersey swap. Other than that, you're not gonna see him in the Saints uniform. Yeah. All right. So now, so now we're gonna move on to NBA, and um, so we got some big news this week, and that is that the All Star game is going to be played. It's expected to be played March 7th in Atlanta, the State Farm Arena, home of the Atlanta Hawks. And so far, obviously, for the NBA, it's great. And I mean that in terms of revenue. And for the fans, it's great because we all know last year's All-Star game that was amazing to watch, especially that last quarter. That was amazing to watch. Um, but the players, especially, I know two guys that had been kind of uh, talking about it. De'Aaron Fox. He said it was a... I believe he said it was a stupid decision to make. Uh, don't quote me on that, but I believe that's what he said. And LeBron, I know he wasn't happy about it either. I, for, I forget exactly what he said, but I know he was against it. So... the. The NBA obviously seems to want this to happen, obviously with revenue needed. But um, the players, so far, it it doesn't look like this is uh, something they really want to do. And I don't blame them, especially in the time of COVID, uh, to go down there for for the weekend and play a game where it really kind of has no meaning. I don't mean that in like a a, a rude sense but like in the overall focus of stuff you know it's not like they're playing for a championship it's it's just an all-star game obviously you could say charity that's always great but to for them to go down there for basically a weekend and you know risk I guess COVID honestly just for this all-star game to happen it, it doesn't seem like a favorable decision by the players and I don't blame them what do you think?
1: Also, um, the off season was pretty cut short. You don't want to risk injury and whatnot like that, too. I think um, I think it's too soon for this, especially since the players are not a big fan of it, so yeah,
0: I don't blame them either I though I see where they're coming from. For them, it makes no sense for the NBA as a as a league, it makes all the sense in the world. I see it happening, but I don't see the players being too happy about it.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more.
0: So, continue with the all star trend. We're going to talk about all star voting. The first batch of all star votes came out. Uh, The usual guys are on top of the voting. We got, I believe, LeBron was the leader overall. I think Steph came in next in the West at the guard position. The was the leader in the conference front court votes. And um, Bradley Beal was the leader in the Eastern Conference guard votes. Obviously, you know, Bradley Beal got snubbed last year for an all star. Looks like he judging by the pace voting he's on now, he's probably going to make it this year. But um, there were some surprises in that first batch that I don't think most people expected besides the people that were voting for these guys. Blake Thompson came in the top 10 Western Conference guard voting. He hasn't played in two seasons. So I don't know what he's doing up there. He's obviously not going to make it because he hasn't played a game.
1: Yeah, he's injured. It doesn't make sense.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's not going to make it, like we said, because he's injured. If he was playing, he'd probably most likely be on there. But since he's injured, he's he's not going to make it. Malcolm Brogdon, who's having a career year by far, I believe he's averaging 27 and like six assists or something. He's having a career year. He is probably one of the top guards in the East right now. And honestly, you can make the kind of argument that he's the best player on the Pacers at the moment. Obviously, they got some bonus, but... Rogden is just having a top year. I believe he leads them in like a good percentage of the big category stats in for the team. Uh it's surprising to not see him top ten in the Eastern Conference guard voting. All right, so Andrew Wiggins came in seventh in front court uh Western Conference voting. I mean, it's Andrew Wiggins. He's having a decent year, but um I didn't I no doubt expected him to be high up on the all-star voting. He's only behind he's only behind Zion. Zion is number six. He's in front of Christian Wood, who's having a career year in Houston. Obviously he got injured last night, had a ugly ankle sprain, looks like I don't know how long he'll be out for, but it looks like a while. Andrew Wiggins is also ahead of Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram, guy who probably should have been all-star last year, most improved player last year. He's ahead of him by a good amount of votes, too. And then the guy number 10 is Carmelo. Um, people love to vote in Carmelo. He's, you know, like D. Rose. People love to always vote him for all-star. I don't blame him. But, um, yeah, Wiggins is ahead of those three guys. And there's probably guys we're forgetting about that should be in that top 10 voting. Again, Wiggins is having a pretty good year, but I don't know if it's all-star caliber.
1: Yeah, the man has 17.7 points for the season, averaging 4.7 rebounds and 2.2 assists. Uh, don't take this the wrong way. It's a good um, stat line, but I don't think it's all-star.
0: Yeah, it's not all-star worthy. I don't know how he got into that top 10. Probably a lot of Warriors fans voting him in. But some other weird voting stats. Um, I think... Because Derek Rose is in this next stat that we're t- that we're going to talk about, I think you can take him out because we know people always vote for him. I know he was like top two in a All Star voting either last year or two years ago uh, when he came back. I believe he was with Minnesota at the time. I think that was the year he had that fifty point game. Um, but other than him, some of these guys getting more votes than these other guys we're going to talk about is kind of weird. So, Julius Randle, Gordon Hayward, Colin Sexton, and Derek Rose all respectively have more votes than Russell Westbrook or Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is currently at um, 100, basically 118,000 votes. Westbrook is at 138,000. Rose has about 50,000 more than Westbrook in votes. Sexton's even farther. Julius Randle has about 40,000 more votes than Westbrook. And um, Warren Hayward, he's pretty high up as well. He's got about 22,000 more votes than Westbrook or Ben Simmons. How did this happen? I know know these guys are having all-star years, but how did this
1: happen? How did this happen? Who's voting this way? And also for Westbrook, um, the man's almost averaging a triple-double again. He has 29.6 and 9.5, and you're not going to vote him into the all-star game? What?
0: Yep. I mean, I know and I voted, I voted for Julius Randle because I think he should be an all-star this year. Lauren Hayward, Colin Sexton, I know they're having great years. But respectively, the fact that they're getting more votes than Westbrook especially. Ben Simmons, I can kind of see. But the fact that they're getting more votes than Westbrook is, is crazy to me. I
1: think we've forgotten how good Westbrook is. Um, he dropped 41 against the Nets. So I know their defense is bad, but still, 41 points is 41 points.
0: I believe he a triple uplaw game too. Yeah, he did. My point is exactly. <laughs> you know, so it's 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 wild to me. Um, it'll probably change by the time the second uh what's it called? The second batch of votes comes in. But uh nonetheless All Star Voting, go ahead and vote for your favorite all stars, vote for the starters. Um, go vote guys that you think are should be in there. Vote for guys that are underrated. Doesn't matter. You can vote for anyone. But, you know, go vote for it. It's fun. It's fun to do. You know, I know my picks are usually uh, Brogdon, Beal, Sabonis, Randall, And I believe I voted for Embiid as well in the Eastern Conference. Uh, my West is usually between LeBron, Shea Gilge, Alexander, Luca, Christian Wood, and Anthony Davis. That's usually my five for the West. I don't know if you voted for All Stars at all, but those those are usually my guys when I'm voting for this year. I want, I definitely want to see them in the All Star game.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with your list right there. That's a good list. I don't know what uh, the first batch was all about, but your list is a better list than that.
0: Yeah, and also I've also been like, uh, I guess swapping. Between uh, Bradley Beal and Jalen Brown. Because I know Bradley Beal is obviously at the top of this list right now for guards in the East. But I think Jalen Brown should also be an all-star.
1: Yeah, he's really emerging as an elite scorer this year.
0: Yeah, I believe he's second
1: in Eastern
0: Conference guards. I could be wrong, but I believe he's second right now. So judging by that rate, he, he has a good chance to get in. But um, now let's move on to... We're, we're about a quarter of the way into the NBA season. Yeah. Um, Usually at this time, even even early in the year, we start talking about awards, and um, you know the main awards: MVP, six man, coach, defensive player, most improved rookie of the year. Those are the five awards that we always talk about, and um, um, we're gonna make a, our predictions right now for who we think will win this award. We're gonna base it off this so far this year so far, obviously, but um, I think. My predictions I know I think these guys are probably gonna win the award at the end of the year. I don't know about you. this could be just this way this point of the year, what you think? Dev, but um yeah, these are my picks to win it by the end of the year. So let's start off with um uh, start off with the kind of least talked about award from this list Coach of the year. We got um some guys in there, Frank Vogel leading the Lakers. To one of the top records in the West in the league, honestly. Doc Rivers leading Philly to the top record in the East right now. Tom Thibodeau leading that Knicks up defense, who's number one right now. we don't know how, but they are. And Monty Williams listens to what looks like their first playoff berth in about a decade since Steve Nash was there. So, who's, who's your pick for Coach of the Year so far?
1: Um, I'm, gonna have a, I'm gonna have to give it to Tom Thibodeau. Uh, what he's doing with the Knicks is amazing right now. Like I said last week, uh, this is just really promising for the Knicks. Number one defense. How did this happen? This is that's insane.
0: Yeah, for sure. I, I don't think anyone expected that stat to be a real thing this year, uh, especially for the Knicks. <laughs> for the Knicks to be top team in defense, I don't. I don't know. You would have to bet a lot of money. for win a lot of money betting on that stat to happen but hey we're at that point so I think I think my pick for Coach of the Year is probably Doc Rivers and the reason I say this is because Philly has the top record in East obviously we know last year they had a lot of problems in that locker room and what it looks like Doc Rivers kind of rebuilt not the chemistry but you know the feeling in the locker room that's what it looks like I could be wrong. Obviously, I'm not in that locker room. But from what, it feel, from what it seems like, especially on the court, it looks like that Philly team is back to where they were two years ago when they were the third seed in the East. They got shooters back now with uh, Danny Green, Seth Curry, Shake Milton, who's having a really good season. But, um, yeah, I think Doc Rivers is the pick for Coach of the Year, especially if Philly, stays on top of the East. So that's definitely where I see them. So now let's go to uh, most improved. There are a bunch of guys in the running for this award. You could count nameless guys, nameless amount of guys. You know, it's, it's wild the amount of talent that has taken off this year. But uh, I'm going to go first. My pick for most improved player this year is Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown is definitely improving as a player. I know a few years ago, when he got drafted, people didn't think he would be that great of a pick. Some some people I know were laughing at that pick. But hey, he's improved his scoring by six points this year. And honestly, not even just scoring. Everything else seems to be up except for rebounding. But he's a guard, so I think we can let that slide. you know. But everything else is, is up a lot this year. And I think he seems to be the leader for this award right now. I know you're a Celtics fan, so I know you watch him firsthand. But, hey, Jalen Brown seems to be my pick for most improved. What's, what's your pick?
1: Well, I'm not actually going to go with Jalen Brown. Uh, I'm going to go to Colin Sexton. Um, Cleveland, they got a really great thing going. Uh, I didn't expect their record to be that good. But um, you can thank Colin. Especially
0: without Kevin Love.
1: Yeah, but uh, you can thank Colin Sexton for that. Uh, he's got 24 points uh, a season this season. Uh, he's averaging four assists. Uh, he put up thirty-eight against... I mean, no. He put up 27 against the Clippers. He put up 26 against Minnesota. He's doing pretty good.
0: Sure. I, I think he's definitely a top contender for this award. Some honorable mentions for this award that we haven't picked. Uh, Julius Randle, the Knicks. Uh, Christian Wood for the Rockets. Uh, and then Jeremy Grant for the Pistons, who's also having a career year. So now let's move on to Defensive Player of the Year. Now... We know Giannis won it last year. Giannis is probably the top contender for this award, once again. But um, what's your pick for this award? I mean, there's, there's, there's a few guys that can make a run at this and knock off Giannis.
1: Um, I'm going to say Drummond. Uh, yeah, he had a game where he had three blocks, three blocks, four blocks, two blocks, two blocks, four blocks. Like, he's he's doing pretty good. And he he seems it seems like almost any night he
0: can put up a twenty twenty game, crazy.
1: Yeah, that that's what's scary about him.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, for my pick for defensive player, I think Miles Turner is probably going to take that award. He's averaging about seven boards right now. He's leading the league in blocks, and it's not even close. He's averaging about four blocks a game. The next closest guy is Rudy Gobert. Who has about twenty less blocks than Turner at the moment. And Turner could go for like ten, fifteen games here without recording a block. And he he'd probably still be in the lead for that. So I think I think he's got a really good chance to knock off Giannis for that award. But um anyway, let's move on now to Rookie of the Year. Now, this class was not highly anticipated. The, the top three picks were pretty anticipated. But um, other than those guys, this class was not, I would say, not that in-depth thought of as much as we've seen in past years. Like um, the the Luka draft, that was a definitely really good draft. But um, yeah, th- there's, there have been some good rookies this year. Um, I know my pick for rookie of the year is LaMelo Ball. He's when, when he gets the minutes because I know their coach there in down in Charlotte, James Borrego, does not seem to like him. He keeps leaving him off the bench. He, Melo, got his first start the other night, really did really well. But, um, Lomelo seems to be a triple double machine when he gets enough minutes to do it. You know, I'm not saying that, like, obviously any player could put up a triple-double if they get the amount of time to do it. But Lamello looks like a really promising player, and he's probably having the best rookie season out of any rookie this year. He won Eastern Conference Rookie of the Month for the first month of the year. Um, I think this is his award to lose. What do you think, Dev?
1: Yeah, I, I think so, too. Um, I think a good front-runner would definitely be Emmanuel Quickly, though. Uh, he's doing great things with the Knicks. Uh, like I said, yeah. But yeah, I think it's Lomelo's award to lose or win, whatever way you want to interpret it.
0: Yeah, I think he's definitely the lead. Obviously, you got guys like uh, Tyrese Halliburton of the Kings who's making a good run. He won Western Conference Rookie of the Year. I mean, Rookie of the Month, sorry. And uh, James Wiseman, he's doing really well for the Warriors. They seem to have found their franchise center there. Uh, Don't know if those guys are going to win Rookie of the Year, but LaMelo seems to be in front right now. And then lastly, MVP. Uh, we got a few guys here. we got a few guys who could be really in the running by the end of the year. Jokic is just going crazy. Giannis, I don't know if he'd be in the running for three MVPs in a row. Um, I don't have him in that top right now. If he can get on, on a, a good streak here, he could possibly make a run for three straight MVPs. Um, so, Dev, who do you guys MVP right now?
1: Uh, right now, I'm going to have to say LeBron James. Uh, this guy just doesn't age. He just shows no time, no way of slowing down. Uh, it, it seems like he's actually improving every year. So, yeah, I, I have LeBron locked in as the MVP.
0: I mean, he, he's almost having a better year than he did last year. <laughs> and they won the championship last year. Exactly. So, I think... Yeah, I think he's definitely MVP front runner at the moment. You can make the case for Jokic or Embiid. Definitely, I I definitely agree with you on that. Or anybody that says that, that Embiid or Jokic could be running for that as well. But LeBron,
1: yeah, he had like 47 against um the Jazz. Jokic,
0: yeah, mm-hmm. they, they almost they basically blew the Jazz out. That was kind of a blowout until the end. But um yeah, LeBron, he does not seem to. Uh, go down anytime soon he's 36 right now and he's just doing keeps doing this at lead level 25 7 and 7 I think he is the front runner for this award right now especially with the Lakers doing really well so uh yeah I think it's those three guys at the top LeBron Jokic and Embiid for MVP but I think LeBron has to lead right now anyway on to our last segment now big news big 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 news in the MLB world This earlier today. um, Trevor Bauer, the reigning National League Cy Young Award winner. If you don't know what that is. Best pitcher in their respective league. There are two leagues, National League, American League. Best pitcher, probably the best pitcher last year. He is going to the reigning champion Dodgers. I mean, it's almost like the Lakers last year when... They seem to improve their roster after winning it all. Uh, Maybe something about those L.A. teams. Maybe something there. But, um, yeah, getting Trevor Bauer and adding him to that rotation, that's already insane. Um, Just adding him there. Dodgers are clearly the favorite to win the World Series again. Um, Will they? Who knows? Especially since MLB is kind of in question with the season right now, how many games they're going to be playing. Okay, Dodgers are the favorite so far to go back to back. Dev, do you see anybody stopping this rotation?
1: No, I I, I just can't. This is an overwhelming favorite, especially uh, behind Kershaw and Price. This is I don't see anyone beating them. Price
0: didn't even play last year.
1: Yeah, yeah, they, he didn't even play last year. Exactly. This is this is like next level.
0: They're gonna have a projected rotation of Bauer. Walker Buehler, who's a stud. Wayne Kershaw, we obviously know. uh, Happy for him. He got a ring last year, finally. He's getting up there in age, but he can still throw that ball. Julio Urias, he obviously closed out. uh, Was it game five, game six last year to win the championship? He closed it out. Uh, David Price, who I just said, you know, didn't even play last year, opted out with COVID. They didn't even have him, and they still won it all. Imagine he was there, like he was with Boston a few years ago when they won. And then they got Dustin May, who, honestly, every pitch he throws just seems to be 90 miles plus, honestly, sometimes 100. So that rotation is insane right now. I don't see anybody knocking him off. Um, The Yankees are the close betting favorite, the closest betting favorite, even though it's not that close. Yankees are the closest to... Beating them for the World Series right now in betting odds. Um, I don't know if that's gonna happen. I don't see it happening, even if, even though I'm a Yankees fan, I don't see them beating the Dodgers in a seven-game series at the moment. Maybe just because this news came out today, but yeah, this, this Dodger team is. Yeah,
1: the Dodgers should be the overwhelming favorite now.
0: Yep, for sure. The team is deep. It's deadly. Um, I know they lost Kiki Hernandez to Boston in the offseason. They also lost Chuck Peterson to Chicago, I believe. Uh, they lost some 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 decent pieces, but look, it, this looks like the Lakers in the NBA. They they lose a few pieces. Like for them, it was Rondo and Doy Howard. You know, they lose a few pieces, solid pieces that helped them win the championship. And then, they just get better. They just get better. I don't. I don't know. Maybe it's something about LA. Like I said many times before, I do not see the Dodgers getting beat anytime soon.
1: I would not bet against them
0: for sure. Uh, place your bets now. <laughs> you know, get them in early. Uh, go right ahead. Anyway, that's the show for today. Uh, we'd like to thank y'all. This is week one episode two you guys will be seeing this episode come out tomorrow which is saturday yeah there's not much else to talk about um i know we said we were going to talk about nhl today but um hassan wasn't here so you know we didn't want to talk about that obviously there's stuff in the nhl there's a little covid outbreak it seems to be like especially with the wild um but honestly we didn't the NHL fitting into our segment today that's the only reason if you were here for the NHL segment we're sorry but anyway we hope everyone enjoyed this uh week one episode two me and Dev um have you got any last words
1: um not really uh enjoy your Super Bowl Sunday guys and we'll see you next time
0: for sure enjoy Super Bowl Sunday please be careful with COVID um You know we don't want anybody getting COVID, but enjoy the game. Nonetheless, you know, we'll be back on Monday for our review of the Super Bowl. Uh, Whatever happens in there, talk more about the NFL, talk more about the NBA. Um, If some other big news in baseball happens, we'll probably talk about it. If news in NHL happens, we'll probably talk about it. Um, Have to see there, but um, yeah. Everybody, enjoy your Super Bowl weekend, and uh, we hope you all enjoy listening to this podcast today. And we will see you when it becomes week two, episode one, episode three overall. We hope to see you all next time.